Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. Happy Draft Day Eve to all of you. It is a little after 6 here Eastern, so we got about 24 hours, give or take, until all the action starts. Hopefully you can listen to this between before all that happens. Uh, just going to be a quick podcast. You, can, you guys can bang it out quickly. A um, couple things about that I'm going to be up to here over the next couple days. Pretty much, give or take, every hour of the draft, I'm going to be at the Steelers facility broadcasting for Steelers Nation Radio. Um, I'm going to take my laptop with me and maybe pump out some articles here and there for WilliamsonFootball.com. Short things, you know, like a couple hundred words on a couple picks that stand out. But mostly I'll be doing that after the action when I get home. Um, Definitely Friday I will have a podcast with you guys going over round one. I am not going to have one Thursday. No Locked on NFL tomorrow. Just because by the time you guys listen to it and by the time we get in the books, everything's going to change. So uh, I'm going to try to do one at least over the weekend. Definitely we'll have a really good one Friday, recapping round one. And uh, I don't you know, really use this as a promotion for my site. Well, maybe I kind of do. But it's what I'm really into right now is this podcast with you guys, my Dynasty Blueprint podcast with Ryan McDowell, and writing for the site. And... I just wanted to let you guys know kind of what the updates on those are, or what, what, what that is right now. Um, tonight, my I've been having the state of the X team, you know, series go, and they're, they're, I'm being very honest, they're the best thing I've written ever, to be very honest with you. I mean, I'm going very, very in-depth on every team, where they are right now, what their needs are, strengths, weaknesses, position by position, coaching moves, all the above. And the Bucks are going to be my last one before the draft. And that's going to get seven out of eight divisions finished. And even the ones that were written early, I mean, the AFC East, the AFC North, very, very much hold up. And they will hold up after the draft as well. And I'll, you know, make adjustments with how people were drafted and all those. My point is, go to WilliamsonFootball.com. And spend a couple bucks just for this month, like I said before, and read all those. I think you'll be blown away. I mean, it's a much better deal if you buy a whole year's worth. And if you want to do that, great. I would very, very much appreciate it. I could use the help, to say the least. Um, But at a minimum, I want people to read all the state of the bucks, the Falcons. I mean, like I said, seven out of eight divisions will be done pre-draft. And the West, I promise, will probably get done next week. And that'll be the first post-draft situation. But I want you guys to read them. I want you to send me feedback. I want you to... I I honestly want to pat on the back because they're so good. And because it's a new site, there's only... You know, a small amount of subscribers at this point. So it's making me a little crazy that I have these wonderful articles that not enough people are reading. So that's your guy's job. Go check those out. Okay, I had mentioned that I want to just bring up a handful of prospects and give you a couple minutes on each. And I'm not talking about top 20 type guys. Um, but just a couple dudes that have stood out to me that I'm excited about or I don't see the 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 hoopla for mid-rounders, you know, day two guys. Um, and I have a lot of these different draft guides that people put out. And there's many, many good ones. I urge you to check them all out. So I'm just going to pull one up, find somebody's top 100 list or 200 list or whatever. 
and go from there and just kind of mention some spitball, some names that I want to talk about. Uh, first on the list is Fred Warner. He's a real run and hit, athletic, active linebacker from BYU. And I know everyone knows about Edmonds and Roquan and Evans and Vander Esch, but I think he's not far off that level. That if you're to miss out on one of those guys, if you're a team like the Bills, I think he's going to be a really productive, active second level guy right away. And I think he's going to be a big help to any defense. Fits today's NFL really well coverage player, does a lot of things well. And I don't hear anybody really talking about him. I don't understand that. I mean, to me, he's, if I, I don't have this kind of time and I'm not a draft expert like some of these other people, but if I were to build a top 50 list, I can promise you Fred Warner would be in it. A name that wouldn't be in it that you hear mixed results on, but I think that is going to get overdrafted is the running back Kalen Balage. He's big. He really looks the part. His combine was awesome. And I've been doing this long enough to realize that when coaches see those things, you know, that scouts have been watching this guy for the whole year, if not longer. But when coaches get into the process late, they look at players like this and say, ooh, I want to mold that clay. And He's also a very good receiver for a big guy. I mean, and I think that that will be what he does best at the next level. But, and if he hits, he's going to hit big. But I watch him run, and it makes me crazy when big backs run like little backs. And I don't think he has very good vision. I don't think he's a real natural runner. And Arizona State actually flirted with him as an edge rusher. And it's funny because I did... You guys probably won't care much about the story, but the first year I was ever involved with the team was locally here. It was Duquesne. And Lee Bodden was on that team. He went to the pros. And, and a guy named Josh Rue got it. It was a fullback, but basically we gave him the ball a lot. He was a, one of... They were our two big-time studs. And Lee went on to have a really good career. Uh, Rue ended up in the league for a little, but he was a big fullback, running back type. And I remember... I was proud of myself because I was new to this business and I was just there not really saying much. I would do anything just to, I mean, I would film practice. I mean, if, if, at that level, you know, our linebacker coach also drove a bread truck. And if he didn't show up, I'd coach the linebackers. I watched all the recruiting film. This was before I was went to Pitt. And I remember going to the head coach, Greg Catuso, and saying, why don't we take Josh Rue, who was like a 6'4", 250-pound fullback running back, and much better athlete than the people we played against, you know, Iona and teams like that, Siena. And I said, why don't we take him and have him rush the passer? Just scream off the edge. And we did, like, halfway through the season, and he was great at it, you know? I mean, like, and to me, that kind of reminds me of Balage. like, and they flirted with that. Like, he's not, he might not even have played the right position in life, you know? I mean, he could be one of those type of guys. All right, another guy I want to discuss is Tony Adams, interior offensive lineman, probably a guard, NC State. And something I very much learned in the league, and I've told you this before, is if you're tough and you're smart, you, you can play offensive line in the NFL for a long time. And he's maybe doesn't have you know this high super ceiling, but he is tough as nails. 
He was a he's a very good leverage player. He has a heavy wrestling background, and you can see that. We used to love getting you know love getting wrestlers in terms of recruiting because they're always tough. They're in shape. They're uh, you know, they'll play through pain. They're they're they know how to use their hands. They have great leverage and technique. You can you know you can run them like crazy after after uh, after practice, and they don't care. I mean, the way those guys work out make football workouts look you know like nothing. So he's a guy I think could be a really interesting player that you, you know, isn't the prettiest. He's kind of a stumpy dude with you know shorter arms. But you get him in the you know fourth round, something like that. I wouldn't shock me at all if he starts many games in this league. You know, and there's so many teams out there that are in need of guards and just any offensive line help they could get that I think he's a perfect guy for that type of situation. Um, another dude I really like, and this is another probably third day guy, is Chris Herndon. He's a tight end out of Miami. Um, I don't know that he's a burner, but I think he's very smooth, athletic. Um, he's not going to be a great blocker, but you know how much are they really? Um, I think he has a chance to be a very good player. And I like the top tight ends in this draft. But if you're looking for a, somewhat of a project in like the fourth round or so, uh, I could see Herndon hitting pretty big. I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. Another guy you don't hear a lot of is Tyquan Lewis, defensive end from Ohio State. And I wonder, sometimes these guys that aren't first-round picks get kind of overlooked, you know, Hubbard's there, Bosa's brother's there, that you can kind of forget that this kid's a pretty good prospect. I mean, he's got size. I think he's kind of a true 4-3 defensive end. But in today's NFL, that probably means he kicks inside. He's really explosive off the snap. I mean, he's not a super bender, play low guy, but he plays hard. And I think there's a lot of ability there that no one seems to be talking about with this guy. Another dude, and I'm not exactly sure where to put him, is Jannard Avery from Memphis. He's kind of a bowling ball of butcher knives. He tested really, really well at the combine. That's where I, you know, found him. My first, I my first exposure to him. Highly explosive, rushes the passer well. I think he could be. I don't want to say he's Bobby Wagner, but he's kind of like James Harrison in a way. You know, like, think that way. But he also might be a true second-level guy, like a 3-4 inside linebacker who's the heavier of the two, that's attacking A-gaps. He's fast in a straight line. He's not great working backwards. So if you use him right, and at a minimum, I mean, I think he's a stud special teamer. And that has value, too. You know, run down on all, uh, every kick and every punt, personal protector, all those type of things. I think Avery can be a really good player there. Um, another guy I like a lot, too, is Kamoko Ture from Rutgers. And he kind of reminds me of Hassan Reddick last year. And Reddick ended up going, what, the middle of the first round, the Cardinals? And everyone's talking, I mean, Ture had a lot of buzz about him with the Senior Bowl, but I haven't heard many people mentioning him since. And he is a really good bender. I mean, he's 
very, very flexible. He's a little small for sure, but if you can get after the passer and you're fast like him, and I mean, he's not even all that small. I mean, he's he's a longer guy. Um, I think he's better like in a two-point stance, but you can move him all over. I think he's fluid and fast enough to maybe in time um, guard like bigger tight ends, athletic tight ends. I think he can hold the point pretty well as a 3-4 outside linebacker type. But I think he's more versatile than just that. I mean, I could see some T.J. Watt type of deal to him. Um, another guy I want to bring up is Kiki Cutie, best name ever. Texas Tech, I mean, he's small. This guy's 5'9"-ish, 185-ish. Um, but he is fast, and he is a big play machine. Really good returner. Um, I don't know that he can handle slot duties at this level because he's going to get pushed around. But, boy, he is explosive as could be and really plays fast. I, I think he's somebody... Um, that could really do a nice job in the next level and opens up a, a lot of room for others. A wide receiver I wasn't real familiar with till lately is Jamon Moore, a big wide receiver out of Missouri. This dude, why is anyone talking about him? I know he has some off-the-field things, and I don't know exactly what they are. And he's not very polished. I mean, in a way, he's kind of like Doriel Green Beckham, you know, I mean, in that type of prospect. He's got a ton of ability, though. I mean, I think he's fluid, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. You take him in the fourth or fifth round, you know, like a Mac Hollins last year, and just sit on him for a year, teach him things, you know, like good wide receiver coach with, with Moore, Jamon Moore from Missouri, I think could do a lot of good things with him. One of my absolute favorite players in this draft is another wide receiver, Memphis, Anthony Miller. And he's a little more of a household name than some of these guys I brought up. And I think he absolutely will go on day two. But he's really good. I mean, he does everything well. He's a great blocker. You can put him in the slot. You put him outside. He is a great route runner. And you're noticing, and I've talked to you, told you guys about this, that really, over these past three draft classes or so, early draft receivers have not done well. But the guys that have done well are the route runners, you know, the Cooper Cups, Juju Smith-Schuster, some of the younger guys that are refined route runners, and Miller absolutely fits that. And I do think he could be a slot. I absolutely think he can play outside. I'm not saying he's a number one receiver, and I don't know that there is one in this class, but I think he's going to be highly productive, you know, like, Golden Tate Jarvis Landry productive, you know, I mean, like catches a lot of balls and maybe not for, you know, tons of big plays, but I think he's going to eat defenders up next year. Another name I want you to know, and I didn't know who he was until the Senior Bowl, who he plays at Fort Hayes State, Nathan Shepard, came to the Senior Bowl, played a practice or two, got hurt, didn't play the rest of the week or in the game, but he was great down there. He was dominant at Fort Valley at Fort Hayes State where he better be. I mean, he is a big, thick, powerful, explosive dude. Plays with a ton of energy, um, super aggressive, changes direction well. I think you could line him up at a lot of different spots. I think he could probably handle the nose in an upfield manner, a Timmy Jernigan type manner. 
Um, certainly could be an every-down guy as he develops as an interior pass rusher. I think he could play three technique. I mean, I am, I'm sure he's going to take a little coaching coming from where he is. But Nathan Shepard is a guy that I want on my team. All right, the last guy I want to mention, Wake Forest safety Jesse Bates. And he's not going to fall to the third day. I mean, he's probably a top 50 pick. But I really like what I see from him, too. I mean, he's not a train killer. He's not going to knock you out going over the middle. But that's not really a safety's job anymore. I mean, he is a true deep center field safety. Was a great baseball player, from what I understand. And it kind of translates. Plays the ball in the air well. Takes good angles. He's tall. He's 6'2"-ish, or about 200 pounds. Long and lean. And these guys are hard to find. I mean... Three safeties, there's a, there's a lot of safeties in this draft. Most are strong, you know, or closer to the strong spectrum than they are the free. Same is true with free agency. You know, the people hang on to their true center field type guys that are rangy and attack the ball in the air, good ball skills. Bates absolutely qualifies. So that's why I just want to go through some guys that have been standing out to me that aren't getting talked about a lot. Um, I probably should do more of that with you guys. Again, check out williamsonfootball.com as a favor to me, please. And uh, I'm going to be Steeler War Rooming it here these next couple days, and I will definitely get back to you on Friday, and we'll break down round one. And that's a wrap. Spread the word. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. See you.